Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 21st day of January 2018. We're here with our co-host, Jay Baxter. And uh, today we have a real treat for you. This is the 21st anniversary of HadIt.com. And uh, uh, T-Bird, Teresa, uh, is here with us today. And she's going to give us a little history on HadIt.com, where it's been, where it's at. And hopefully where it's going to go. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been wondering that myself for the past 21 years. Well, I, wonder what, uh, I wonder what this little website's going to do with itself. <laughs> who, who knows? <laughs> I think so far it's... That that question pretty well answered itself, T Bird. I think it does well, wonderful. We've uh, we've been really lucky that we have such a wonderful community of people that give and give of their time and share and care. And uh I think that's what makes it a success. More so than anything I've put into it, it's what everybody who comes to it puts into it. Well, everybody's sincere, you know, they they just put out forth the best information they can and try to help one another and, and, uh, you know, if you make a mistake, someone will correct you, that's for sure, and there's nothing wrong with that, and nothing wrong with that. That's Uh, how I learned everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I hear that. But uh, so I remember good. when I first joined the uh, Navy, and I worked for this uh, E five, and here I was this E one. I never been in the Navy before. First day, uh, first field day comes along where you got to strip the decks and mop and all that stuff. So I'm in there cleaning and cleaning, and uh, E five comes in and he grabs me and he says, "Listen, sweet," he says, "You can't be doing that good a job." are going to be expecting that kind of thing, and we just can't have that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Live and learn. <laughs> yeah. you got to save something for later. Yeah, we just can't be having that. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Well, this is our 21-year anniversary uh, probably no one is more surprised than me. Uh, it really blows me away. But uh, in 19, uh, December of 1990, I got out of the Navy, and uh, I was pretty messed up from some stuff that happened to me, and I went into the VA almost immediately in 1991 for the hospital portion. didn't really know too much about claims other than I had met this DAV rep through the Transition Assistance Program, and he had told me that I was going to be 50% for the rest of my life. But by then, I'd heard so much bullshit that I was just like, "Uh uh-huh, sure. (laughs) But sure enough, uh, I did. It started in May, and I got that, and I got through my VA hospital programs and started uh, examining how to go about and file a claim for some depression I was having, which was extreme. And uh, what I discovered is that uh, the VA was not very helpful uh, 
in answering questions about filing claims. Uh, though I went to the DAV rep, and uh, the DAV rep I could see was just a volunteer, not an actual employee, uh, because I could only get to the DAV rep at the VA hospital. And he was uh, he was not helpful, and uh, I would say he was even a little detrimental. So I started to get agitated, and uh, I had to spend a lot of time at the VA, hours and hours and days on end. I'd sit down on the bench with the guys smoking and coking and watching the squirrels, and I started talking to them, and they are the ones who gave me the straight skinny about VA claims. They told me where to look and what to look for. And they gave me little slips of paper with regulations and phone numbers and people's names to call. And I proceeded to read and study and thought, well, you know, what I want to do is make it better for the next guy coming behind me because no one should have to go through this BS. So I thought I could put together a newsletter and just hand it out in front of the VA or at libraries or wherever, but then along around 1994, I was doing better and I got hired at a Silicon Valley information company and that's where I discovered the internet and as soon as I discovered the internet, then I I knew how I could go about doing this and so I set about teaching myself how to design websites and everything I could about the internet and the web, and back then, you know, no, it was really new. I mean, nobody was doing it, so uh, it wasn't like you could just go take a class and figure out how to do it, or at least if there was one, I didn't know about it. So I taught myself, which was everybody else was doing at the time that I was working with, and I put the website together, and I uh, just started out with just a a little website that was hosted on a company called Mindspring at the time it was just a little personal website I put together. And I had all kinds of VA claims information that I found, but I didn't have a discussion forum yet because uh, the DAV had one, and that was the one I was going to. And uh, and I thought, well, you know, that looks interesting. I think I'm going to teach myself how to make a discussion forum. So I did. And I let a couple people on the DAV forum know that, you know, I opened up this little forum and I didn't expect it to take the place of DAV, but there were things that I was going to focus more on. And uh, then the DAV came to a, an, the DAV forum came to an abrupt end. And as fate would have it, many of those people migrated over to my forum. And a lot of people from older farms, from Prodigy and CompuServe and things you guys are, I'm sure you boys are much too young to remember. And, uh, and so uh, then in 1997, well, 1996, I thought, well, you know, I've amateured this around enough. What I need is my own domain and my own website. I pondered with names oh, for months. Could I name my domain? And then I got off the phone with uh, the VA one day, and I said, I've had it. And so I immediately went to Network Solutions and registered hadit.com because I thought, no, that just says it all. (laughs) (laughs) And so in January 20th of 1997, hadit.com became what you now know as hadit.com. And we got, we went from, I mean, you know, we started out with like one visitor, and now we're up to, oh, a million and a half a year. Uh, Yeah, over the past six months, we've had about 500,000 visitors and well over a million pages viewed. We have more pages that I can even keep track of because each time somebody posts 
uh, a question or a response, it creates a new page, which when veterans are searching for information about their claim will come up in the search engines. So currently we have, just on topics alone, which are people posting questions, there's like 64,000 of those. And then the total post of people responding to questions is like 417,000, uh, which is enormous. I mean, I just, it blows me away. It really does. <laughs> I know I say that a lot, but it's so true. Uh, the total registered members now, I thought we were up to 16,000, but I was wrong. We're up to 17,476. Wow, that's quite a few. That's quite a few. Uh, and the most we've had on mine so far over the past couple of years was 2016. We had 3,600 people on mine at one time, just at the same moment. Uh, and, that and, uh, puts a drain on on uh, well, how many people can you have on at a time? Well, you can have as many as you want, but what like this, like last year, what happened is there were a couple months there where we went over uh, what my current plan for people is, and then it it tripled the cost well, a little over tripled the cost of the forum for a few months. And then and then we were able to get it back down. But what will happen is you guys will not see, if we go over our limit of concurrent users, as they say, uh, the forum will not slow down. There will be no visible thing to you. It's just that the price will go up. So... That's how that yeah. works on the forum. It's a lot of people. But I, this forum, we've had this forum software since 2005, and it's worked out real well for us. We tried a couple different things in the early years, but what I found is uh, I started out with a real simple solution, but then we got too many people, and I had to get a little more complicated. Then we got too many people, and and then that kept up till 2000. And, four or five when I realized I had to get something that was going to be able to grow with us because it kept growing. Uh, Pete Bird, I think we might have a caller here. Uh, oh, let's see who we got. Five one two. Do you have a question or comment for T Bird? No, sir. <clears throat> Not at this time. I'm just in the audience listening to the show. Oh, okay. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) We have another line here. Let me check it. Uh, Yeah, uh, 253, do you have a question or a comment for T-Bird? Well, no, Gerald. I just tuned in because you told me that (laughs) Teresa's going to be on here. Hey, Teresa. <laughs> hey, you I, know I what? Did, I, I called in the other night because they told me you were going to be on. <laughs> I was supposed to be on last Thursday, but I got a vet who's got nasal cancer, and the, the VA has just turned his life upside down and not giving him very much help. And on top of that, I had another guy from Montana my wife was dealing with on some real estate matters. He just happened to mention that he'd just come down with uh, bone cancer from his prostate, and he was in Vietnam, and his wonderful DAV representative, of course, didn't file him for anything more than prostate problems. Oh, right. Agent Orange. And and never even asked him if he had high cholesterol and uh, atherosclerosis, and sure enough, he's got IHD, and this asswipe didn't even bother to rate him or, or to file him for that and he's he's got like three years left and, and trying to provide for his wife and get all his ratings organized and nobody's doing anything for him and i kind of ran right on through the show work talking with him on the phone and trying to get his information and and 
I got all finished with that. I kept scratching my head saying, God, I know i got to do something. Well, <laughs> the horses, and I'm standing out there feeding the horses, and for some reason, all of a sudden, the light bulb went on. I went, oh, my God, Gerald's going to kill me if John doesn't yeah. do it before him. <laughs> so I had to, uh, Maybe one of them horses had you pinned up against the fence or something. No, I was in the stall there, shoveling up there, there for me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, 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 this isn't my Mia culpa. I just called up to congratulate you on 21 years. Hell, I've only been doing it for 10 years, and I feel like a, a rank uh, amateur doing it. I just, you know, I was going to do what you did and do the forum model, and I thought to myself, well, you've got the best forum model there is on earth for veterans. And I looked at what I, you know, we all kind of jokingly refer to as Peggy's pink site. Right. <laughs> Without going any further than that, and I thought to myself, Thank you know, you, there's just no way I'm ever going to compete with people in a in a forum mode and so i just discovered that i needed a nexus letter to win and had one so i decided to use a, a more of a blog type setting to teach people that they need what they needed to win and make sure that oh, I, they yeah, got what I, they needed and, and from a legal standpoint yeah <laughs> and i think between that and your site, if a guy can't get, or a gal, mind you, I'm not going to be sexist, but if if a veteran cannot get service connected between using your site and my site, then either they don't want to be, or they they need they they need some serious help and above and beyond what you or I could provide. Right. Some people do need like they'll, they'll actually need to get an attorney. Because for one reason or another, either their stuff is so complicated or they don't have anybody to help them and they're not capable of putting everything together and jumping through all the hoops for the VA that they want you to do. Well, I don't. Personally, I, I, I did it all myself pretty much the way you did in frustration after going through three uh VSOs and coming up zero for three on ratings and stuff. And so <clears throat> I, I knew there had to be a better way, and, and I was so sick I couldn't work anymore. I was getting ready to roll up and die. And my wife said, here's the on-off on button on the computer. It's time to get to work. And yeah. in a year I learned how to operate a computer, and I learned how to win a claim. And it, so I know it can be done. But your forum model is just a it's a piece of work. It's the neatest thing I've ever seen because somebody with knowledge can come in. I'm going to have to apologize. That's my parrot in the background making all that racket if you hear it. So, oh, that's no problem. But Buddy's, Buddy's 49 years old. <laughs> but uh, he's, he's been with me for a long time. Anyway, your method, your your forum model being 21 years old or even one year old is still so superior because it allows other people to enter in and ask those questions that they can't get from a, a VSO that they they can't get from a lot of websites and the information is is based on other people who who walked that road or traveled that path and that that was yeah valuable my, yeah uh, that was my biggest, and you know, I would explain that to people and explain that to people. And uh, back in '96, '95, uh, uh, no one was really getting it. But I said, "Look, you know, guy in Alabama got a disc problem in his back. Files a claim, gets denied." Guy in Washington State, same disc problem, files a claim, gets it approved. Now, if those two talk to each other, don't you think the guy who got uh, turned down is going to learn something? Same evidence, same issue. So, together, that is powerful. And, you know, we have 
I mean, we're going back to 2005 on information that we have. So if you have a question, chances are somebody's already asked and it's been answered. And if you can't find it, you can always ask it and somebody will point you in the right direction. Well, that's beautiful, too, in, in that kind of a forum setting because a lot of people, they come there and they're just, they've had it, is it to coin a phrase. They've had it. <laughs> and, and, you know, they, they don't they don't understand probably your forum model and how to search for somebody who has discussed it. And, and it might have been discussed in 2005, and they don't have the time or the energy or, or, or feel that they don't have the... Depth of devotion to go digging back through the Q folder to see if another discussion that fits their Q, so to speak, or their special monthly compensation or whatever it happens to be. And so they innocently ask that question. And I've seen other forums, uh, without mentioning them by name, where people become very, uh, a lot of recriminations are hurled, like, why don't you do the research, son? I mean, why do you come here and ask that? We've answered that question 150 times. We're not going to waste our time answering it again. Just look it up if you if you got a brain in your head. Well, that's not how you help veterans, and it's certainly not how you treat other human beings in my book. And that's how, when I started my website in 2008, I couldn't find any evidence, any literature, any blogs, any forum models where people said, now, you don't forget, you're going to need an Nexus letter. You need those three essential items. I couldn't find anything anywhere, and so I started preaching the Nexus method, the three three legs of the stool, and people came to me and said, God, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. I couldn't win, and you explained it so so simply that even That's I got right. it, and I'm pretty dense or right. whatever, and so... That's how I got started, and then I started going into the legal aspect of it. But I love your site because you, 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 and all the members who help make it possible for us—not us, me, but us as a collective noun for veterans—you make it so simple without, without treating people as if they they're raised by wolves or if they just came out of the. Wilderness and discovered your site. I, I'm well, dumbfounded that more people, more veterans, especially that I run into in this business, have not found your site. Some, well, some know, of, some or a great majority have found my your my site by virtue of your site. But I never ever aspired to be famous like like you. You know, you're famous. Well, people know who I, you are. <laughs> people call me up, tell me up. Well, we'll, won't repeat some of the things people say about me, but I I hear you. Opinionated, and I get some stuff from VSOs writing me letters and or emails or whatever, and saying that I don't know what I'm talking about or anything else. But hey, I got about a 504 win loss ratio, and I'm really spanking VA now that I got my accreditation. They got to the point where they know who I am. Well, there's nothing uh, that that can be very helpful. Uh, what I got tired of is uh, the way you said what you said about the way people can treat somebody, and that's what I got from VAV reps and uh, VA, and uh, they treated me with such disrespect and such callousness. And I just thought, and there was point, it was there was no point in it. I was just they're asking for some, you know, I I didn't understand something. I needed some help explaining it. Uh, it's just, it's, it's not necessary. You can help people. Everybody comes to, you know, it's like I said in my, uh, in my about page that, uh, you know, you end up a little battered and, Confused and somewhat disoriented, and or lied to, or lied to, and that's how a lot of people end up on habits. But you know, we don't we don't have an advertising budget to be putting ads up places, and um, 
we don't. It's just really been word of mouth. Well, I keep getting pestered by people to start advertising on my site, and I worry about that because it it kind of creates a situation where it it looks bad if you're an agent or non-attorney oh. or even an attorney. I suppose it, it looks bad as if you're you're shopping like an ambulance chaser. I guess that's the term I'd like to use. But I, guess I, I don't advertise yeah. the fact that I'm an agent on my site very much, not because I don't <clears throat> want to help people. It's just that I'm overwhelmed with people that I'm already helping. Oh, yeah. If, if you open the floodgates, they will come through. Well, I mean, I sell advertising on my website, uh, and really that's the only way to keep it going. It's gotten so expensive to run, and some months it does real well, and some months, uh, like recently, Google has changed their algorithm, and it's uh, not so good, but, you know, we work through it as best I can, and, uh, and you know, I just need to get enough every month to keep the lights on, blah, 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 pay the people I got to pay. Well, I'm and, blessed. My wife is fairly well situated, or we are, I guess, now in our life. So, and and WordPress only costs ninety nine dollars a year, so it's not killing me. But right. you know, I I would I, I would if it was even if it was a thousand and ninety nine dollars, I'd still want to have the website, and I still wouldn't consider advertising. But that's not to say that you. You should and and need to use advertising to supplement your cost of running the site, and I understand that fully well. My situation isn't quite the same, but <clears throat> I well, don't have any to do an advertising or accepting advertising dollars. It's just I worry about the VA because you know they could come down on me in a New York second for unethical behavior as an agent or a non-attorney practitioner. I don't ever want to. Get well, when that. you get into the right, because you're an agent, and you're right, I would not, I would not give them any reason to look at you, ethic for ethic charges, uh, at all. And some would even say that the more you win, the more curious they may get to look at you. <laughs> well, you know, I, I have a good enough foundation now after doing this legal business, the portion of it, for 28 years. I started in 1988, my very first claim, and, well, we all know how that went. (laughs) Just about the same as yours did right out of the box. you got to learn how to do it before you win it. But uh, it was essential to me uh, over the period of of time that I did it. When I got so sick, I I got to that point where I was able to devote my knowledge or or devote my learning experience full-time, which was, well, 2006, 7, and 8. And, boy, did it ever open my eyes up. I I, I feel like a turnip truck driver, I guess, the way I describe it. (laughs) All of a sudden... There was a whole world open to me of, of reality. My eyes opened. I went, wow, these guys aren't my friends. They're, they're against yeah. me, if anything. What's, where, did where did the term non-adversarial ever get coined? By whom? I know. Uh, my I last that was <laughs> business with was uh, the Military Order of the Purple Heart. And Debbie and I went in to see him one morning. And I was really sick, puke sick, and dying basically. And and the, the, I, I discovered that he'd taken my Nexus letter and lost it. They never found it. And I, I said, hey, I just took a shot at this, and I went ahead and filed the Nexus letter because you guys lost it and it's not there. Nobody got it. He looked at me. His eyebrows went up about over the top of his head, and he says, son, if you file anything else. I'll fire you. I won't represent you. I'll, I'll kick you out. I'm not going to deal with you. And I went to myself, well, God, I thought this was all about the veteran, and it became all about him. I was usurping his authority, his stupidity, I guess I look at it now. And and I, I created a situation that he wasn't going to represent me. Well, 
what was I using him for? It didn't make any sense. And Debbie and I walked out to the car, and Debbie looked at me, and she says, you got a better chance of winning the goddamn publisher's clearinghouse lotto than you ever sweepstakes than winning a, a veteran's claim. And I had to agree with her. And that's when I learned how to turn on a computer and, and develop a different logic. And uh, I've never looked back, but most importantly, I've used your site extensively for information, and, and I don't mind admitting it. Your your site has a lot of valuable information on it that people don't realize, uh, maybe. But the, the the best part oh, to me yeah, is that you you created something that is is a, everyone can hold up and say, here's the uh, here's the definition of excellence in veterans claims help. Nobody can say that they have a better website than you in that respect. Well, thank you very much, Alex. I work really hard at making it that way for everyone who comes to it. Because it's really about the veterans. That's what I always say when I go in there and I fight with these guys in the regional office. I'm meeting with the director next week in Seattle uh, over one of my veterans they've been screwing over for three years. <clears throat> I'm going in there and I'm going to say, Where, what is the problem here? It's about the veteran, not you, not me, not the VA, not the representation program that I that I represent. It's about my veteran. We're all supposed to be working towards his well-being, and we're working at counter-purposes. This is turning into a pissing match between Alex and the VA, and that, that's counterproductive. Why can't yeah, we that get on the same the veteran anywhere. Yeah, where's the mention of the veteran? Where, you know, all you're doing is, is trying to impede my ability to represent him, and, and and purposefully misunderstanding what I'm sending in on purpose. I mean, it's so obvious. Unless unless those guys have ADD worse than me, I don't understand how they cannot understand what I'm trying to tell them. And they, that's where I draw the line with the VA, that they purposefully misconstrue what you send them. And nobody yeah, could do I that, not in their right mind. Nobody could be that stupid. I'm Ever. like, they live in a constant fear of common sense. It must just terrify them to use freaking common sense. Well, those people live in that herd mentality, Teresa. They, you know, they can't even raise a finger to do anything without six signatures. They're mortally terrified they're going to be censured for, for actually doing something unilaterally without support from the organization and be censured for it and maybe even not get a bonus that year for crying out loud. <laughs> it's it's just I don't get it. I don't understand how in this day and age how anybody can take ninety days, let alone nine hundred days, to decide a claim. I mean if it, if they were Geico they'd be in trouble. Well, you know that I I understand. I hear your frustration. I I go through that too. As a matter of fact, I cannot help individual vets because it just triggers me so bad that my PTSD and my anger management just is just no good for me. But what I can do is a website that can help everyone help each other, and I can you know I'm so I feel like I'm sort of like you know. I'm back behind, you know, uh, the line, and I'm just supplying beans, bullets, blankets, you know, <laughs> whatever they need to keep the tubes going, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm good at, and so that's, that's what I do. I have helped a couple of individual veterans that were just, you know, came upon me and were in very disparate shapes. And it's very rewarding when they win their claims. But it it, it just, I start to, I take on their anger and it just almost becomes too much for me. Well, that's where I miss Carly because I'll tell you what, she oh, was a God. She was, I mean, that woman had more knowledge than any 10 
people who've gone through this process, and it, it was uh, it was really a big hit to lose her. And uh, it was a huge hit. Oh man, she could she could go on about her love of adjudication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I know. know. She might li- she might have loved it more than I did. I get frustrated because I know what the laws are and the regulations, and more appropriately. You know, I don't subscribe to that M21 manual. It, all it is, it, it, it's like the instructions you get with an IKEA bookshelf that tell you how to put it together. It doesn't have anything to do with law. It doesn't. It doesn't teach you how to build a real bookshelf from scratch by going down and cutting down a tree. It, it's just a, no, a manual to, to how to how to. And, and when I get into a, with a DRO in the middle of a, a, a hearing or something, and they said, well, I can't adjudicate that in the first instance because it hasn't been developed and it's not on appeal. And I have to look at them and lean across the table. I lean in real close to that microphone. And I said, well, ma'am, that's not the case. Uh, you're familiar with the segmented lanes model, aren't you? And she says, well, of course we all are. I said, well, then you ought to look in the M21 Part 3, Section 4, two, 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 whatever that happens to be. It's just, it, it clearly gives you the authority to adjudicate something when it's inextricably intertwined with the, the, the other claims where we've got on appeal here. You realize you have that authority, don't you? And she says, what, what, what was that reference to, to M21? Would you give me that again? <laughs> and you do it, and they go, Hmm, I'll have to look that up. I, that doesn't pop up in my mind. And but right, yeah. you have to. I teach know they're always surprised. Do their own job, Teresa. We're all in a world of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I. That's where my frustration level goes off the map. It just. It. I, I'm sorry. I can't do it. it I, I. I lose it. I. I start pulling my hair out and getting obnoxious, and somebody has to restrain me because I'm about ready to climb over that table and slap that lady about six ways yeah, to Sunday. And there, and there is a good example of why I can't do individual claims. Well, I understand I that, but you got to realize, hey, I'm no stranger to PTSD. I just don't admit to it. I, I've got enough ratings without having to go after that one. But I, I, I guess I learned how to sit on it without having to medicate it. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that have it worse than me. I, I, I don't, I don't even know how to well, approach. I know I'm on the edge of it all the time, but somehow I always just kind of step back just a little bit so as I don't go over the edge and do something I'm going to permanently regret. But I, I, I completely understand what you're saying. Is that my mouth is my own worst enemy. Well, you know what I can do is I, with PTSD, as you know, you have a lot of anger, and anger is energy, so I just channeled that all into the website all these years, just insomnia and whatever life or my mind threw at me, I would just stay up and work on the website, work on the website, work on the website, listen to veterans at the VA, and listen to veterans on the forum, and listen to veterans over the Internet, and see what kinds of things they were needing and looking for, and then went about trying to find them. I'm pretty good at searching information. So I was uh, lucky that I was able to find so much good information that you could put up on the Internet. You know, back in the very, very early, early days, uh, you could, <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason the VA, their server you could FTP into and just sort of root around in the folders. So I found a lot of information that way. But one day I found a blank uh, VA letterhead. So I sent them a note and said, I really don't think you should ought to have this up and available to people. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and back in those days, you could just, like like the old uh, C&P exam worksheets, uh, they would from time to time move them from one place on the web to, website to another. And back then I would just email the webmaster and go, 
dude, where's the team pig exam worksheets? And then he or she would send me back a note and say, oh, we moved them here there. But now everything is, you know, much more complicated. Well, I'm, uh, I don't have any patience or time to chase after like you do to, to hunt down things that you need. I depend a lot on other people coming to me and saying, hey, you know, I heard you talking about that with Gerald, and, you know, you can find that here. And I'll be dumbfounded, and I'll look it up. I'll say, by God, look at that. Here's a C&P exam like you're talking about maybe discusses it in N21, and it says, yeah, if the guy, is, if his, if he can walk on the balls of his feet, but he does this and he does that, then he's faking it. But they don't call it faking it. They just say, well, then that gets him. Well, he he can't possibly right. be suffering from this because he was able to walk on the you know across the room right. standing on the tips of his feet. Uh, people don't realize that they they teach raiders or VA they call them VA examiners, but they don't realize they teach them how to spot obvious fakes, how to uh, <clears throat> discern that somebody's uh, maybe not as sick or as ill or as diseased or as injured as they claim to be. And I think that's where a lot of that animosity and that that sarcastic attitude at the VA uh, originates is they think we're all a bunch of Safeway slip-on-the-floor club members and and pouring some maple syrup out, slip and fall down, and then go, oh, 20,000, I'll go away. I know. (laughs) I I don't don't know where they – I mean, the – Social security was easier to go through than the VA for me, and the people were a lot more professional and even, I would say, compassionate. Mm-hmm. And they looked, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Social Security doctor had like three huge stacks of paper on her desk when I walked in. She said, you see all this? I said, yeah. She said, these are your medical records. <laughs> she said, no. I've been through all of them. She said, and yeah. it's clear that you have some problems. <laughs> and, That's a piece of understatement, but at least she recognized right. my oh, attitude. Yeah, that Teresa is. I know that eighty-five percent. I know this because I see it all the time. Eighty-five percent of VA claims are turned down initially, and obviously that fifteen percent that make it through the hoops includes. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, compensation because you got married, so you know you add the wife or the dependents to the claim after you win. That includes that's part of that fifteen percent. But included in that fifteen percent, or the greatest majority of it, is guys that had an arm or a leg blown off, or uh, you know, need or in a wheelchair. That the, the disability is so patently obvious, you don't even need to argue it, and it's even documented right, you in the. Argue that your foot was amputated if your foot's been amputated, right? You can't say, "Well, it doesn't look like your foot's been amputated to me." <laughs> That's why I said but, those are that fifteen percent that you just can't yeah. deny because the evidence just won't permit you to. But if eighty-five percent are denied, you have to ask yourself how uh, there just can't be that many veterans on earth who are uh, shysters of uh, gold bricks. That are are cheating to get into the system. I don't buy it. I don't buy that there's that many either. Maybe the rules are a little bit too stringent. Well, Maybe that non-adversarial benefit of the doubt isn't being employed to its best, you know, conclusions. That's what I see, and I I know from fighting guys that you go, you you get a guy that there's absolutely no contesting that he has PTSD. He's in combat for two years. I mean, you know he has PTSD. He's got a Purple Heart. He's got a combat infantryman's badge or whatever. So you apply for benefits for him, and the first thing, every last one of my help, they get 30% right out of the box. I don't care how ill they are. They pray you're going to walk away from them, that you're not going to fight that 30 you appeal, they give you 50. You assign your VA-9, and they say, okay, after 16 months, they give you 
and they'll still make you go up to the BVA to get that 100% disability rating, even though you should have gotten it right out of the box uh, two, three years before that. So if they designed a system where you've got to beg all the way up the ladder to get to the top, then it, there's something wrong with it. And to say that 85% I, of the kids that file a claim with the VA or shysters or Goldbergs or, or, or malingering or whatever, that defies the imagination. You're just not that many. They trusted us with guns and hand grenades, and now they're going to tell us we're lying. Right, <laughs> and the freedom of the country and everything else. Right, I know. they're all. Oh, but they'll honor us, and they'll tell us how much they love us and respect us and how we're their heroes. Wow. I know. It's but you would you would definitely have a much clearer view of that than I because you're in there in the trenches and you're seeing the stuff as it happens. Well the one I like is when you look the DRO or somebody right in the eye or the veterans law judge <clears throat> you lean across the table and you say, Well, excuse me, sir, ma'am, whatever you know, insert the title. Say uh, under 38 CFR 3.103 C2, he says, you got to tell me what I need to win my claim. And, oh, God, those people almost choke and puke when you tell them that. <laughs> they look I at you like, what do you mean? You want me to fill the beans and tell you how to win your claim? Are you mad? It's, yeah, I know. It's like non-adversarial. <laughs> Remember non-adversarial? Remember... Well, it's been there since time immemorial. It's just that one of, I can't remember, some guy named Bryant, because it occurred, it was called Bryant versus Shinseki, and the, the guy's attorney gets up there at the BVA, and he says, well, wait a minute, you got to tell us how to win our claim. you got to tell us what we're missing. It says it right here. And that veteran's law judge says, who does it say that? Who told you that nonsense? <laughs> he got up. And they says, well, yes, indeed, you do have to tell him. And I swear, that must have been the worst bitch slap in the history of the <laughs> VA. Wait a minute. Now we have to tell him how to win. How are we going to do this? How are we going to deny him? You know, I thought, what I thought was, in the early days when the VA got their website online, I remember I was, and don't laugh, but I was still so naive. That I thought, well, this is going to be great because now they're online and I'm going to be able to find everything I want to find. Nope. Oh, nope. I'm telling you, that's a piece of work in its own site. You go into one of those things, you type in their little search bar, it'll send you to Kalamazoo, Michigan or something. And how about the way they put the M21 manual up there? Instead of giving you a PDF file, which you could just look at, you got to download each section in a Word document. Now, why are they doing it that way? Well, because it that... changes so rapidly. You, if you I had know. a manual on on how to oh, work I, on I an automobile, automobile, if they put 500 different engines in it and they published the, the manual for the very first engine, in, in, in the year later, they put the second engine in the manual, even though you're up to engine number 250. They're that far behind on it. Every time you have a Court of Veterans' Appeals uh, panel decision or en banc, en banc <clears throat> decision, and they say, well, from now on, if a guy comes to you with this X number of different diseases, and it's obvious that he can't work, you have to imply the TDIU. You have to rate him for it. It's like a claim, even though he didn't vocalize it. You have to consider it. And up to that point, VA's attitude was, I don't care if he's 99.999% disabled. If the sucker doesn't ask for TDIU, we're not going to even look at it or address we're it. We're not even going to look at it, right. Oh, Unless he asked for it and filled out an 8940, we're not obligated to even consider it because it, it, we, we subscribe to the field of dreams model. If you build it, we'll come. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't build it, if you don't ask for it, we're not obligated to look at it. Now, that well, no, hasn't, oh. entered, hasn't actually filtered down into the 
M21 on a day-to-day basis any yet. It, it's still almost like they give you a rating and you go, well, yeah, but wait a minute. You didn't even look at this, 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 and this. And they go, oh, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. So they give you a little bit more. And then you say, well, yeah, but you still didn't look at this. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, right. Okay. So they give you a little bit more. By rights, they should have a manual that's printed up if they're going to use one. They should have a manual that covers every contingency, and somebody who's in charge of it on a day-to-day basis will say, oh, we got a new thing we got to put in here in Chapter 4 because they just changed the rules up at the CAVC, and they're granting this benefit or they're making us to do this legally now. They need to put that in there. But an M21, it's like... Just like reading a newspaper from last year or the year before last, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't mean yeah, anything. Yeah, I do see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying, but I do wish there was an easier way for people to have access to that information than having to download one document at a time for each chapter. Let me ask you something, Alex, about the unemployability. Now, I know you heard earlier this year they were talking about. Stopping unemployability when you turn retirement age, and I'm then with... and then Shilkin <clears throat> said, "Oh no, no, you know we're not going to do that now because you caught us, <laughs> and it makes us look bad." <laughs> uh, busted but, before we could get it into the federal yeah. register. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was in the federal register. I I published it, but it was just a for consideration. And then when they had him on the hearing, he's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm not going to do anything that hurts veterans, whatever. But I think there's you think too they're going to come back at that next year or this year? I don't I see think. that happening for a bunch of different reasons. Is In VA land and in congressional land, once you grant a benefit, as it were, to compensate a veteran, be it TDIU or you know, the revision of uh, uh, adding uh, SMCT in there for a traumatic brain injury due to TBI. Once you grant that benefit, it's almost impossible to rearrange it short, you know, give it a short sheeting and, and a haircut because too many congressional people who give money to the VA or authorize the expenditure of money and, and the budget for the VA, too many of those congressmen and senators would, would uh, step forth and say, well, <clears throat> that's fine. You go ahead and get rid of TDIU. And if you do that, we're going to give your budget a haircut like you have never seen in your whole life. Right. <laughs> we're going to make you remember this like a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I, I I am keeping my eye out on that because I uh, don't think they're done trying to come after veterans' benefits, whether it's TDIU or some other way to cut benefits. And uh, I, it's very worrisome. Let but me, the guy let me inter- let me interject a little bit on this. Yeah. Shulkin, there's a party horse going down D.C. Shulkin was standing beside the party horse, and Mick Mulvaney was riding the horse. Mick Mulvaney is the budget director, and he's the guy that comes up with all these perpendicular ideas, you know, how to save money. Yeah. So Mulvaney got Shulkin on the back of the horse. They went for a buggy ride, and Mulvaney convinced Shulkin that that's the way to save some money. So it actually came out of the budget office, and Shulkin just got on board, and I think it might... I believe he's already fell off the horse, and right now it's dragging him. Well, you know, I think that's the thing with Shulkin. I think he's all about getting on board. And I'm not yeah. sure that that's going to serve veterans. And yeah. well, I think he needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know what I think. I, I just don't think much, <laughs> much of him. But, uh, yeah. but, but yeah, and, but issue will, it will come back. You wait. Yeah. Well, you know, the biggest problem with Shulkin is it's simple. He comes from the medical side of the party, the Veterans yeah, Health Administration, VHA. Right. He hasn't come from the – he doesn't have any experience in the Veterans Benefits Administration or VBA. And so 
he kind of myopically only sees, he's, he's kind of like a bird. He can only see out of one eye at a time. He can only concentrate his brain on that monocular vision out of one eye, out of the left eye. And if something comes at him from the right side, then he has to turn off the left side and look through the right eye to see what's going on. But he can't do both yeah. at the time. And, and I mean, he just, he's, he's way just, focused on the medical side, yeah. Right. And medical benefits, et cetera. He doesn't look at the bigger picture of, of both houses of, of uh, the VA. And for that reason alone, if somebody, if he leans on his uh, subordinates to manufacture policy, like Tom Murphy, remember Murphy was in charge of uh, director of comp and pen, and that's in basically the people that write the <coughs> TDIU regulations. He, uh, Murphy was in there for years. I met him in San Francisco back in 2017. Man, that guy's a candidate for a heart attack. He needs to go on a weight reduction clinic. <laughs> but he is right now, he's an undersecretary for benefits on a temporary basis. He took Allison Hickey's job after she left. And he comes at that business from that, what, how can we short sheet the bed? What can we take away from veterans? Well, how can we reduce what we're paying out? That's his mentality. How can I obstruct veterans from getting more money? That's the I way know, they... The, the next thing they're going to put out is, well, we're going to cut the amount of therapy you need because that's what's best for you. We're actually helping you by not helping you. I mean, it's well, kind sure. of crazy where this logic is just so bizarre. Uh well, the Aurora Hospital, for example, billion dollars over budget, going to open and be understaffed, and there will be no PTSD clinic there. Well, that's right. They don't have the money to move it over from Denver. They don't have enough right. doctors. They're missing 40% of the doctors to open that thing up. But you you can see the PTSD uh, short-sheeting, too, is that for a long time back in the 90s, even the early 2000s, VA uh, PTSD counseling services and whatnot generally included somebody, most often maybe a psychologist, would it be a a sit-in during one of these kumbaya meetings, and they gradually reduced that down to somebody with a whole bunch of initials after his name, but no college degree in psychology. And they they pay this guy forty five thousand a year, and they pay the psychologist two hundred and twenty thousand a year. So you figure it if you think you can stick somebody into that kumbaya meeting, that you're paying forty thousand, and you you can hire three or four of those guys to take care of those veterans, whether you give them any kind of service or counseling is immaterial. You're reaching out to more even if you're not giving them anything. I know. It just drives me insane. It's a numbers game, Teresa. That's all it is. It's saying, look, look, you guys, look what we're doing. Look, we've increased our spending. We've increased this. We've got more guys on the ground. We've got boots on the ground. We're doing this. We're doing that. But there's no accounting. There's no quality control. So how many people did you put? from committing suicide. Well, we're not counting that. That's immaterial. But we have more guys counseling them. That's, right. That's, and then if the numbers don't look good, they just make up new ones. Well, yeah. <laughs> Let's just put it all in a, in a in a basket and shake it up and, and, and come at it from a different angle and make, you know, try to use. My son did this one time when he was even very young. He says, you can kind of make statistics, say whatever you want to say. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're going to lie, you can, you can always find some way to, to substantiate your lie, and the VA has taken that to, you know, an art form. I know my niece came to me when she was about 12, and she had read something in the paper, and she said, well, it says 50% of the people they asked, that seems really high. I think it might be true. I said, well, Mandy, I said, how many people did they ask? She said, I'm not sure. I said, well, if they only asked two people and one of them said yes, that's 50%. I said, so you want to... 
That's and exactly you know how saying? my son arrived at the same <laughs> logic. Is like, if, if you can only find like four people out of ten to agree with you, you've got to stress that 40% of the population believes this. I mean, no, it's only four out of ten in one room at one given time about one subject. Right. That's not a, a micro, that is a very microcosm way of looking at a statistic. It doesn't take a broad enough uh, a sampling in order to come to a, any kind of a decision that you can point to and say, this is how it works. That's, that's right, the and then, like I said, if all else fails, they can just make up numbers like they did with the weightless scandal. Get your it's own still status. going on at some hotel. Right, you get your that's own. right, you get your own status <laughs> to say what you want to say, and then they can say right. it with some authority because they have all those initials after their name. Right, exactly. I have uh, initials yeah, after my here. name now. It's MP, oh, non-attorney non practitioner. Right. I love it. Alex, uh, Gerald's trying to get in. Gerald, what's yeah, I, uh, I hate to break this up. I really do. <laughs> but uh, uh, we just totally run out of time. Oh, my oh, no. we have, haven't we? Oh, geez, and me with another call to make. Well, oh, yeah. Well, it was really uh, great chatting with y'all. Well, uh, we'd like to see you come back and... and uh, Kind of liven the broadcast up a bit here, you know. Well, I here. I had a good nap. <laughs> 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 but uh, no, this has been great. I mean, you give some good information here, and we got some history there on Added, and sound like Added's on its road to uh, uh, the great the beyond. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll know how that was an unmitigated success when Teresa passes away and it's still going strong. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, believe me, I'm I'm working on making that happen. Well, we'll give happen. you a good send off, Teresa. So well, I, so I you you can rest that. assured there. You uh, know, I told my niece. I said, now when I go, I said, you know how that. I said around here, you know, you can get uh, the veterans in the motorcycle club to ride along and the flag. And my niece was like, yeah, you don't want that? I'm like, hell no, I want it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you'll be here for a long time. So let's uh, That's what my hope niece tells that. me. I don't have time for another heart attack. I don't have time for any more weird diseases. I'm on a mission from God. I'm sure I'll be litigating when they're putting the paddles on me and yelling clear. Clear. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> well, Alex, it was sure great talking with you and John and Gerald. And uh, I'll be around. I'm better. It's better for me in the mornings or the afternoons than the evenings. Well, because uh, I just start to that, fade after that's a while. why we call this special time today, so we can. Well, I feel you. special. Well, well, you are special. You don't feel special. <laughs> <laughs> I think we already determined that a long time ago. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, I'm going to sign off here. You have a great rest of the afternoon. It was great talking to everybody. I uh, want to, again, say thank you to everybody that made these 20 years possible, 21 years. Wow, amazing. We have an amazing community of veterans, and everyone should take a moment and thank each other because you are what made it possible. Well, you never and leave that, them behind. I love your motto. Oh, thank you. I love that, too. Well, with that, I will say adieu, gentlemen. Me too. Okay. Thank you very much for letting me have a, have a speak at Teresa, John, and Gerald. Well, that's great. Uh, you had some good good information to relay there, and we appreciate it. So, good deal. Talk at you all later. With that, uh, this will be Gerald Cook and Jay Basser, and we'd like to thank all of our listeners out there. Hope you enjoyed the broadcast, and uh, 
Come back uh, next Thursday. Uh, I believe we have one scheduled there. Well, actually, I believe we have one scheduled with Alex. Um, I forget what day. Uh, 21st. Oh, the 25th, I think. Uh, yeah. But anyway, we'll be uh, talking to y'all later. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bachelor Show.